Hello everybody, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Last night was Charity's finale of The Bachelorette. She officially got engaged to Dotton. We're going to share an exclusive interview here. So much of that and more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's get into it. Our featured clip of the day, the last 10 minutes of this podcast episode, we will have Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik on their individual podcast, Off the Vine and Trading Secrets, discussing their breakup. Jason Tartik says it's a tidal wave of depression, and Caitlin discusses the thought of ever possibly getting back together and says, as far as friendships are concerned, they are not there yet. I'm going to have that whole conversation, what she said on hers, what he said on his, at the second half of today's episode. But first, we have a lot to get into. Charity, our current bachelorette, is officially engaged, and we've got so much to discuss with that relationship. Let's start by playing the entire interview from Good Morning America. This is a three and a half minute long clip. Here, have a listen. Charity Lawson talks about her journey on The Bachelorette. Bachelorette. And I must say, when Charity was on the show, I spotted she had a ring on Charity and Doton getting engaged. Kelly Carter sat down with them immediately. It's Doton. Conclusion of Charity's journey. And good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Lindsay. You know, if you watched this most recent finale of The Bachelorette, which gave us all an epic Hollywood ending, surely you're a believer in fairy tales. Charity's journey coming to a fairy tale ending. It's Charity Lawson. Will you marry me? Giving her final rose and heart to Dotson. Overnight, Charity and Dotson talking to GMA moments after the epic finale. Congratulations, you two. How does it feel to be engaged? Oh my gosh, I mean. Hard to put into words, obviously like a big shift from just a few months ago of not being engaged, but it couldn't have went down better. That final rose ceremony, (sighs) the words that both of you all spoke to each other sounded like wedding vows. You have made me feel adored and validated and wanted. Mm -hmm. And to receive that from a woman of your caliber, Charity. I saw a man that respected me. That valued me, that adored me, but a man that I could love forever. You made me feel so valued and so seen. I'm gonna be very honest, uh, I did black out a little bit. His intentionality with how he speaks, like every single word, it has so much weight and so much meaning. She like one up me, I was kind of upset. I was like, hold on, like, it's supposed <laughs> no. to be my turn to like, I'm totally teasing, but no, like mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. The duo's love story blossoming since night one. I feel like I came here because I was called here for a reason. Shiver. The thing that I love most about Dotton's story is that he wasn't even supposed to be on this season. He was a replacement person. So if there's ever any fate and a reason why I think a relationship on The Bachelor could work out, it's primarily because the casting people didn't even initially have him here, so they couldn't even mess this up. 
slippers through my body. I know I was not alone. Shivers are through my body, too. When I think about that, I will never be able to, like, really uh, express how grateful I am for the forces that be that brought us together. And I did not want to do it, but something just kept, kept telling me to do it. Uh, my heart's, like, going to burst open thinking about it. But that's not all. Don and Surprising Charity with something they can both look forward to. Oh, my God. And I am God. so happy to be the one to tell you that you're going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. You get to hold one of these. Oh my gosh, stop it. So then they give her the trophy and she's all excited. You can catch my full coverage of that interview on the YouTube channel. That's where it is. And of course, obviously, Charity uh, chose Dotton, but then there's also the guy she didn't choose, which was Joey. Here's what Nick Vial had to say about Joey on last night's After the Final Rose. Mom. Joey needs to say, and, and I know Joey got a haircut, but that part's got to go. He's got a haircut of an Oompa Loompa. I think he pulls <laughs> oh it God. off. I think he looks good, and I think he pulls it off. You think that's... When it's, taper, when it's short and tapered, hair, great, I think he pulls yeah. it off. You think that's his best haircut? I mean, I don't know what his other options are. I haven't seen his Rolodex yet, but like, he I had, like the way that that looks on I him. I guess if it wasn't parted on the side and it was just all up... But he, look, he can pull look, off the short look, and the flow. It would kind of be like a Matthew picture of an Oompa Loompa. That's not nice. What? Matthew McConaughey, I could see that, like the the, because they got similar hairstyles where it's like curly and. I don't think McConaughey parts it back. I know. I'm saying that could potentially look just good. Encourage a different part. I feel like you probably have very strong opinions on this as a man with curly hair. Yeah, that's right. If you've got curly hair, you have strong opinions on other guys and how they do their curly hair. Now I know you guys can't properly see or you know a, a vision what they're talking about, but uh, you know whenever <laughs> isn't it funny whenever you step outside with a new look, you're you're just hoping nobody notices. And here there's a whole podcast segment dedicated to Joey's new look. But of course, he wasn't the only one with the new look. We saw Brayden in the audience with Rachel Recchia. I mean, what's there to say about last night's episode? You know, we saw the trailer for Bachelor in Paradise, which involved a tell-all conversation between Katie Thurston and Blake Moynes. Uh, we saw Brayden making out with Kat Izzo and I think also Rachel Recchia. We saw so many other uh, potential stories lines out there that's going to make it a very interesting to say the least well let's put a wrap on charity season she posted this just an hour ago on her instagram within all my senses i knew how grateful am i to discover a love that cannot be replicated this was in no way an easy journey but through it all grace you have shown me in the most healthy way how to receive and love fully again. I cannot wait to take on this life with you. Here's to living out our very own real life fairy tale. I love you. That was Charity's love letter to Dotton. And speaking of love letters, today my love letter is going to our sponsor, Microdose.com. That's right. Bachelor Rush Hour is sponsored by Microdose, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Let me tell you something, Charity and Dotton, as you get your relationship together, you're going to need to perfect the art of Netflix and chilling. And one way to do that is with microdose edibles. Helps you curb your anxiety, makes you feel good and relaxed after a long day's worth of work. You're absolutely going to enjoy your journey to uh, the, the, and by the way, if you're planning for the wedding, it can get stressful. Pop an edible, microdose it, and then you'll have them. Hey, give them to your audience, too. Give them to whoever attends the wedding. That's one way to hit the dance floor. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. 
Links can be found in the show description. Again, that's microdose.com code rush hour. And like, yeah, you guys know this idea that you have an edible and you just become a completely different person is not true. Uh, a lot of times when I do my evening live streams, I'm having an edible and usually my live stream ends as the edible hits, and then I can go off and watch Below Deck with Tasha and pretend that uh, my whole day wasn't consumed by Bachelor content. Either way, we're happy for Charity and, Dot and Jesse Palmer commented, a magical love story from beginning to the end. I couldn't be happier for you too. And speaking of a completely different story, this one's a little scary. Drew Barrymore was swept out of a New York panel as fan rushes the stage. She was whisked off the stage during a recent interview with singer and actress Renee Rapp as an alleged stalker rushed up to the stage demanding to talk with her. Have a listen to this scary moment. Sell people. Oh my God. Yes. Hi. I'm Chad Michael Busto. You know who I am. I need to see you at some point while I'm here in New York City. Okay. The bouncers got in the way. So, so Drew Barrymore is being rushed off the stage, and the security um, almost immediately apprehended this man. But you, what you can hear is Drew Barrymore still has her wireless microphone on her. So let's just play the audio, and you can hear what's going on in the background as this commotion takes place. Here, here, take this. Well, that was. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Sorry about that. Just give us one minute. Thank you. And then this is her coming back on stage. How scary. <laughs> I tell you what, I would take a microdose. I would be having an edible after that instance. By the way, just to be clear, the second they were like, okay, we're good. They were like, hey, like, do you need anything? Do you need us to say? She was like, oh, no, 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 I got it. I'm good. Well, I have a new definition of, of your sexiness. It's that level of protectiveness that went full bodyguard. All right, so there it is. They're able to make light of a difficult situation. Here's the deal, says TMZ. Drew was chatting with Renee about the singer's upcoming album, and then a man who said he's Chad Michael Busto said something to get Drew's attention, but her positive reaction to him quickly went away. As he walks up to the front of the stage, he says, you know who I am, I need to see you at some point while in New York City. Security quickly stops him at the stage, and Renee swoops in to walk Drew off stage. The clip's been making the rounds online, and many are applauding Renee for having Drew's back, especially as fast as things got bizarre during the panel. It's unclear if Drew's ever interacted with him before this, but Busto makes it seem like she's aware of him. We're told there were no complaints from yesterday's incident. Cops didn't respond as a result, and Busto wasn't arrested. How scary. I mean, look... I, I can't think of any situations where any sane-minded person would think it's okay to sort of rush the stage shouting at somebody. Uh, pretty wild stuff out there. Okay, uh, we're going to get to our featured clip of the day, which is the Caitlin Bristow, Jason Tartik update. They're both fascinating conversations you're going to find very interesting. We'll have that after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, let's jump right into it. Now, just to be clear, this isn't Jason Tartik having a conversation with Caitlin Bristow. This is a clip from Jason's recent episode today with Jared Freed, and then it's Caitlin on her recent episode. It's very fascinating that we're able to dissect this breakup the way that we do, but they have weekly podcasts. They're going to continue to talk about it. So let's have a listen. Caitlin has been in LA working this week. Um, so I've been lucky enough to have the boys with me and it has been just a true blessing. I just think through this time and it's like, 
honestly, we talk a lot about careers and, and money here, and that is a huge foundation to our life, but it just comes down to relationships, friendships, and those who are around you. And even though Robin and Pino are animals and pets, they're best friends to me, and just having them with me has been amazing. Uh, having a great support system in the last, um, you know, month to a few months has been everything to me. I've leaned on them harder than I've ever in my life ever leaned on my support system. And I think what I've realized, I go to therapy tomorrow, actually, I can't wait 90 minute session like I need it so bad. But what I've just realized is that there's no, there's no timeline on handling grief, you know, in being in love with someone and losing that someone, it's just sad. It's lonely. It's an empty feeling. And there's times where you have these just tidal waves of depression. But then there are these times where like you feel lifted and you feel good again. And it's just this back and forth flood of emotions. And what I'm learning is that, you know, grieving is just the whole process of honoring, respecting and having love for what was, but then also at the same time with the same level. And if not more honoring, respecting and having love for what is. Oh my gosh, the poetic nature of Jason Tartik. Who knew Buffalo's own could, and literally he's got the lyrics to a country song. Sad, lonely, empty feeling, tidal wave of depression. Real, I mean, real sad and yet truthful moments here where Jason tells you just how hard he feels. Caitlin shares it in a different way. Caitlin and again, ever, how everyone processes their grief, it's it's with full respect uh, up to them. But Jason's getting really into his emotions here, and I love it. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there with work, with time, with support, with friends, family, healing, and all the things. So as I move forward in my next steps, I'll be in a short-term rental, and then I will be in the process of looking through uh, real estate. I've already actually started that journey, so... As I get more information and as I go through that process, of course, I'll keep all of you updated on the numbers and the structures and the negotiations and some of the things I'm thinking um, from a real estate perspective as that does pertain to what we do here on Trading Secrets. Boy, I think this is a fantastic idea by Jason Tartik to discuss the home buying process. I've been looking for homes in Los Angeles, but also in Nashville where Jason lives. And I found this home. I'll be discussing this. This is one of the things I do on the Patreon where I'll share the different homes that I find. This is a very doable home here in Nashville with multiple fire pits and an infinity pool and jacuzzi with water fountain feature. I mean, sold. (laughs) Like what the hell? It's a little tacky, but uh, don't you love a little tackiness? I mean, I could be like Liberace out there hanging out doing power recapping. All right. So we got Jason's response. Now we're going to go to what Caitlin said on our recent podcast today. But first, and we shared this already, but just to tie it all in, just to get a glimpse of what Caitlin's dealing with, with, you know, these, I hate to say they're these, um, these ideological timelines, because we always talk about biological clocks. They exist for men and women, but in different ways. And if like when a relationship ends in your late thirties, you're like, all right, what is it going to take another three or four years for me to do this? And then I'm this age. And it's the, the whole idea of to compare is despair, but Hey, it's what we do out there. Here's Caitlin talking about the fact that two of her exes are having children. Like it. 
Well, I feel which like, attributes to your success, especially now that you know two of my exes from the show, the main exes, are both having babies, and I'm going through a breakup. I feel like they're like, we need to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I, but that's but you don't have to. No, if you want to know. And so that was uh, Caitlin's only way of commenting on it, and Rachel diffusing her and saying, you don't have to share that with people. You don't have to share how it makes you feel. But of course, Caitlin, as she's going through a breakup, does have to. And some people said, oh, who cares if your exes are having? It was like I get. It, I understand, but you also have to empathize with how that must feel when your when your career and your life is built online like this. This idea that who's winning the breakup, who's doing better, it should not be that way. I completely agree with you, but I think we'd be very ignorant to say that it doesn't play a factor when your chips are down and you see that the people that you used to be with are possibly thriving. It can be very difficult. Here's what Caitlin had to say on today's podcast. When I was engaged, oh god, <laughs> uh, I really wanted a New Year's wedding. It's really fun. Yes, mm -hmm. it's really fun for people. People with kids don't love it because it's really hard to find like a sitter on New Year's Eve. Oh. Nannies are off, but, that... um, but sort of not my problem. Yeah, no, not your problem at all. You know, and if they want to be there, they will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And everyone wears like something that they feel good in for New Year's Eve. And was it know. a no kids wedding? I know some people have put that policy in place. <laughs> yeah, it was a no kids wedding, but then I ended up kind of regretting it because a bunch of kids wanted to come. Um, and I don't know. I just wanted people to like take mushrooms and have fun and not feel like yeah. their kids were pulling on them. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but in the call. end, people <laughs> wanted their kids there because it was like New Year's Eve and they didn't really know how to do a bow. So I was like, whatever, I don't care. That's good feedback for maybe if I ever get married. Mm -hmm. I need to stop having a pity party over here. No, I think this is fresh. And okay. like, it's it okay fresh. that everything feels about you right now because you're going through something traumatic. You guys will probably Thank get you. back together next month. Oh, that's an interesting take. So this is Caitlin's friend, Lo, who is a like real solid mutual friend. Like he's not picking sides, but he really wants them to get back together. Probably like most people that see their breakup, they go, wait a second. You weren't prioritizing each other and you love each other. So couldn't you just start prioritizing each other? And then it's the idea of like, do you love each other enough to be in that moment? Or has the ship sailed? Sometimes the ship sailed. But what might have been better is if they just said, hey, let's take a two month break and then see if we miss each other enough. And maybe they did that. Maybe that's why they waited so long before announcing it that they took a long break and they're like, yeah, we just need to move on from this. Maybe they come back and Caitlin wants to get back together and Jason doesn't. Maybe Caitlin was the initial one who broke them up. Maybe it was Jason looking at it as like a type A personality going, if this relationship was a business, we would have to close down shop. It's just not working. So we really don't know. We can speculate kindly, but we really don't know. The odds of them getting back together, if I had to place a bet, would be under 5%. That's He is the child in, in the divorce. I'm trying to parent trap. He's trying to parent trap us. Okay, so you want them back together. Of course. Right. Oh my God, he did a whole post on Instagram about oh no. our breakup. <laughs> Only because, okay. Well, that's why you got blocked. <laughs> That's muted. muted. Oh, sorry, muted. <laughs> to basically take some of the sting out. No, I know. I no, get because your humor. so many people, and there was it was well, there was a bit of humor there, but it was more so because I was inundated with so many uh, DMs from people, messages about whose side I'm going to take, mm, and, so and I was like, that's lame. Like there is no side. So that's basically mm. what I said. There's yeah. no side. I love them both, and mm -hmm. here's cute pictures of us. Now I'm going to go cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go cry. Yeah. I know I accidentally because you know how Instagram is just such a. Your immediate thing, like yes. you go to sit on the toilet and you're like, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I've done it so many times and then I go, ah! And every single time your pictures came up because it was like a 10 slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like,
like full. I'm gonna go, ah. and then like the next morning I do it. It's just the next slide over, and I'm like, get out of here. So I was like, Maggie, it's Jason on everybody. one knee. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So Caitlin Bristos, it sounds like she said, go Maggie, go mute. So she was having her assistant mute people. We're going to be back with a very interesting clip of a new tell-all with Bachelorette producers discussing the manipulation techniques they used to use while filming The Bachelor. We're going to have that content for you after a quick word from our sponsor. So before we wrap up for the day, I'm going to play a few of these clips. These are clips from the Vice TV Instagram page. It's a new series they have exploring the early 2000s. There, here are three clips I'm going to play for you that have former Bachelor producers discussing what it was like to manipulate the not only the audience, but the contestants on the show. Have a listen. Women vying for one guy. The Bachelor. Bachelor. Oh my God. We have lots of tactics about how to make a girl cry on camera. They set it up. You better cry. There's no TV, no news. Luggage is searched. They know what they're doing. It bought me my house in the Palisades. Everybody knows what they've signed up for. We're making content. We're making entertainment. It was kind of awful. (laughs) Dark Side of the 2000s. Okay, so this is going to actually be on tonight. Not that anybody's going to watch it. I don't know anyone who's watching Vice TV. Uh, but they even you can tell it's old school because they say set your DVRs. Like, who does that? And here's another clip. Sometimes what we do to the contestants is disturbing to you as a producer, just wrecking them, you know, psychologically. But then the next season, somehow I, tur- I turn around and be like, I don't give a shit. Did I feel conflicted on The Bachelor? Not really, but... That said, would I want my daughter to be on the show? Hell no. All right, so that's the second clip. Uh, Hell no, I don't want my daughter on the show. In our third and final clip of tonight's uh, Bachelor producer expose. One guy literally sent us a dick pic before dick pics were dick pics. Like, I mean, the craziest we would get. We would have to lay out pictures and we would write a little bio on each one. Uh, You know, this is a great guy from New England. His family owns, you know, a butter churning company. He's, you know, worth $300 million. He has a yacht. He has this. He has that. All right. So clearly, I mean, look, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm going to wait to see if anyone watches this episode tonight and see if it's worth checking out. Uh, But interesting stuff, none the least, to see how it all goes down. Um, I wonder if any of these uh, exposés that are coming out are going to be picked up by Brian Friedman, power attorney. As you know, he's battling a lot of these uh, ill contracts that are signed by uh, Bachelor uh, hopefuls that are very exploitative. So we'll have more on that tomorrow. But uh, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, if you're interested in coming to my Seattle stand-up show, it is this Thursday. I'll be flying out tomorrow. Thursday's the show. Thursday night, um, doors open. Actually, I don't know what time, but if you're buying tickets, it'll say it on the ticket link. Go to linktree.com slash Dave Neal or just click the link down below and then you can get tickets to that show appreciate an event everybody who's going to show up well congrats to charity and dotton uh they're a happy couple we'll be following their journey and so much more as always i've been dave neal and this was bachelor rush hour <laughs>